You know, at the fundraising school, we don't teach fundraising. We teach ethical fundraising, and we have a new course to help you understand how you can apply ethics to your effective fundraising practice. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Dr. Kathy Boddicher. Kathy leads the master's program at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, where she also is a resident national expert on the history of the philanthropic sector and what we can learn today, but also how do we apply ethics to successful fundraising. Kathy, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for developing this course. What are some of the themes that have evolved as you apply ethics to successful fundraising? Thank you, and thank you for having me. And I'm really excited about the course that's coming up in not even 30 days from now. So, um, you know, when you look at the news, almost every day there is some ethical dilemma that's presented in the fundraising space. And fundraisers make decisions all day long and work in an ethically very um, complex and constantly changing environment. And when you think about it, um, fundraisers deal with value systems, their own value systems, the organization's value systems, donors' value systems, and these may not necessarily align. In a perfect world, of course, they're going to align, but there are always going to be nuances, right? Um, fundraisers deal with confidential information and serve competing masters. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to bring in money, of course. They're accountable to their organization to bring in money. That's the economic engine of the nonprofit sector. And they also have to honor donor intent. So um, there's a bit of a tightrope walking that may be taking place. Um, and they're serving the public interest. And as we know from our founder, Mr. Robert Payton, the public interest, the public good, is something that we forge every day. So with um, media attention, with big gifts, um, with Me Too movement and things like that, um, everybody's under scrutiny. And the fundraiser is at the heart and the center of that. So do we have guidelines? Of course. And it's easy to look at, say, the AFP guidelines, which your listeners probably all know by mm -hmm, heart, mm -hmm. and say, well, of course we're going to follow these. These are obvious. We're going to do this all the time. But what makes a dilemma is not something that's a right versus wrong choice. If something is right or wrong, we can see that easily. If it's wrong, it's just wrong. But an ethical dilemma is two shades of right. Yes. Right? Everything in the gray area where you can see both sides. So when I work with students and say, well, Here's, here's a scenario, and you could do this. But another way that you can look at the same situation is this. And they go, hmm, that's a dilemma. And so what I think we can offer at the Lilly School and the Fundraising School are some ethical frameworks to help fundraisers make sense out of their daily lives. Because fundraisers also have a lot of different authorities and stakeholders to whom they can turn for advice on how to resolve something that's complicated. And again, those may not all be aligned. And so, um, believe it or not, um, and you know I'm a fan of Aristotle, for example, we have a lot to learn from the ancients. And ethics as a branch of philosophy and knowledge are ways that we can think about what do we do when we're in the middle of something difficult. So um, people are actually probably applying ethical frameworks, whether that's uh, 
that's come from Aristotle or from another thinker, um, they may not have the vocabulary and they may be doing it informally and I think that there's a lot that people can gain by more formally or systematically applying um, their own value systems and those within the organization and then coming to a consensus. You know, Kathy, so. there's so much there in your reply, <laughs> and I want to uh, kind of highlight a couple things that you mentioned. First of all, as Kathy mentioned, ethical dilemmas are not always necessarily right, wrong, good, bad. Right. It's great and really, really, really good, and we have to kind of make that distinction and make the decision, which is true, by the way, of all leadership. The leadership yep. course that I teach for you at the master's level, yep. it's easy for somebody to know what's good and what's bad. The leader has to decide what's the difference between great and really, really, really good, and ethics falls within that. I also want to call attention to what could be unique about our sector, different mm -hmm. from the business and the government sector. In our sector, power is diffused through so many people. There's the board of directors, there's the CEO, there are the people that we serve, there are government regulators, there are funders and donors, there are uh, external stakeholders. When power is diffused like that, it might be easier to fall into an ethical lapse. It might, there might be less oversight. Uh, how are fundraisers operating in that type of an environment as they try to apply their ethical standards? Right. and. Um I think you could even look at that statement a couple different ways. Power is diffuse, but then you have competing sources right. of power, right? With the fundraiser at the center often. And let's face it, with money comes power. With major donors comes power and voice and the expectation of being able to have a say in the organization, right? And so the fundraiser is, is a prism between the major donor and that source of power, and the clients whom the organization is working to serve. And so that can get complicated, right? Yes. Um, and with now media, one of the things that um, is especially prominent right now, you don't have to look hard to find examples like the Sacklers, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually not the, the, the choice that an institution has to make about uh, a major gift from the Sacklers is not as obvious as it might seem if you just read a soundbite in social media. Because, for example, there are many, many, many mem members of the Sackler family. Many were not even alive when some of the um, drug problems started to face this country. Right. So if you're an institution, you have a, the a Sackler name on some wall or building or something like that. Um, it's easy for the public to clamor, this isn't right. Well, maybe it doesn't feel right, but Maybe it isn't wrong either. And so you have the fundraiser at the center of a, a power struggle. And, and Kathy, yep. an example here in the Midwest has been you know, the Papa John story with John Schnatter. And just to show you, you know, what we're talking about here with ethics and fundraising, there are two institutions of higher education in the state of Indiana who gave the money back to John Schnatter. There was an institution of higher education in the state of Kentucky, Commonwealth of Kentucky, mm -hmm. that said, we will accept a gift from John Schnatter. Exactly. We're not choosing sides in this discussion. What we're saying is those are ethical dilemmas that everybody needs to address. Those schools just happen to reach different conclusions. Exactly, and that's not saying that either entity made uh, an unethical decision yeah. because you know that 
those boards, those fundraising teams were up late at night worrying yeah. about what is the right thing to do for the most stakeholders. And actually, Sackler's another great example. And I had a student in my class, in my online master's ethics class, while the peak of the debate about the Papa John's money was going on. And he um, boldly went into his boss, his, the CEO of his educational organization, and said, I think we really ought to be pursuing very strongly um, Papa John's and Jan for, um, for a gift because right now he's in trouble. He needs us to legitimize his philanthropic profile. That's, that's not a bad way to look at that, right? Um, and his leadership didn't think that that was very wise at the moment. But you, again, it's a great illustration of there is no right and wrong here. It's the process, the and process. In, in your wonderful opening uh, remark, you talked about that we have handles that we can turn to. Can you give us an example of those handles that fundraisers can turn to, that there are structures, there are some guideposts that can help them in this deliberation? Sure, there are um, a couple of thinkers and practitioners uh, who have created models for resolution, and they actually parallel ancient one parallels um, Aristotle, who, as you know, I've already said, I have a personal penchant for. Um, another model for resolution pa parallels a different uh, framework in utilitarianism. And so what we'll do is walk through what the core philosophical underpinnings of those are, and then what the contemporary models for resolution are, work through some cases. And at the end of the day, the fundraiser and the organization has to do what's right in their organizational context mm -hmm. um, for their clientele, for all of their stakeholders taken together, and then things are gonna change. The same set of facts may come up five years from now, and leadership might be different. The organizational ecology might different, be different. Um, so it's also, um, and maybe we close with this point, that this is a dynamic process. Yes. Ethics is not something you apply once when something is hard, but it's a way of life and a way of practice and a way of mind. Um, and I hope that um, we can make a small contribution to the field by equipping fundraisers to be the best they can be. Well, you are making a large contribution to the field with your expertise on ethics and helping us apply that to fundraising. And again, different organizations can reach different conclusions with the same information. The idea is, can you explain this to your staff? Can you explain this to your board? Can you explain this to your donors, to your participants, beneficiaries, external stakeholders? The old story, what if this wound up in the news? You know, would I be embarrassed? You know, these are things that different organizations will reach different decisions. And I just have to say, for those of you who are saying, what in the world could Aristotle have to do with my fundraising in the 21st century? Let me just say this, you know the six rights? You take our courses, the right person asking the right person for the right amount, for the right reason, at the right time, in the right way. Spoiler alert, that comes from Aristotle. Who did I learn that from? Dr. <laughs> Kathy Bodisher, uh, who leads our master's program. So by the way, when people ask us, what is a master's degree in philanthropic studies? It's this type of deep thinking, big questions, the why and the what's next in the context of leadership. Uh, our master's degree is now available online. You can earn your degree 
anywhere in the world, even up on the International Space Station if you have access to the internet. Uh, so very accessible to earn this master's degree, led so ably by our colleague, Dr. Kathy Bodisher, who's also teaching the Fundraising School course on ethics and fundraising. You can learn more about our academic programs and the Fundraising School on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. With Dr. Kathy Bodicher, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Thank you.